You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 202 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo, and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? I'm good. I'm good. It's been an interesting time in Sydney, which, of course, is where I live. Uh, it's Well, it's very cold because it's winter now. But one of the things that many years ago the city of Sydney started during the winter months, I think initially probably to bring people into the city and to encourage people to stay in the city, is Vivid. Now, Vivid is very, very popular with photographers. And for those of you who don't know, what Vivid is. Well, Vivid, firstly, it's the second largest annual event in in the city of Sydney. The first largest is um, New Year's Eve fireworks, which is, you know, there's iconic images of that all over the world. But Vivid is about a month long or, you know, around a month long, and it is a show of light and music and ideas. Basically, it's a huge festival, and one of the great things about it and why photographers love it is because the entire you know, um, area around Sydney Harbour and also other places, there's heaps and heaps of amazing and gorgeous light installations. The Harbour Bridge is lit up into all sorts of colours. There's lots of light beaming onto the sails of the Opera House. There's light beaming onto buildings so that there's all sorts of animations and photography and, and illustrations and visuals that are beaming onto buildings. So there are photographers everywhere all practicing uh, their night shots it's like disneyland for photographers and i couldn't mm. think of a better city to have it in than sydney oh. because i have to say you know I, I know i love my melbourne but sydney is a very beautiful city uh, like it's a it is a photographer's dream to go up there and nighttime and daytime but the just that transformation that happens when you mm. add lights is oh. uh it, it's out of this world, isn't it? It is. It's like Disneyland. It's beautiful. Yes. It's absolutely amazing. So, yeah, photographers everywhere and it's they obviously need to, A, have tripods generally, B, mm. they um, have to uh, make sure they're clear on what they're doing in terms of night photography in order to have the right exposures and to capture the right light, and C, they need to wear really warm clothes because it's cold. I went and I was freezing, so I was like a popsicle by the end of it. Um, but I found this new app for my phone because I was taking this photo, this great photo of, um, you know, just the Harbour Bridge. I was taking this photo of the Harbour Bridge with the lights and ferries in the foreground so that I had some interest in the foreground and the background. But this pole... <laughs> I don't know what they're called. They're, they're things that you tie ferries up to, like this giant 
wooden bollard thing, thing that you tie a fairy up to. A thing that you tie a fairy up to, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Was in the middle of my shot. And I know that's very authentic and everything, but I had this great harbour bridge in the background and all this and pretty lights. So I'm like, oh, this thing in the middle of my shot. I know I could have walked around to get another angle and stuff, but, you know, I was freezing to death. I was cold and I just wanted to get my shot. But I've got this new, I've got this app. It's probably been around for ages, but I've only just discovered it called Retouch. And yeah. um, and so I could just um, just use my finger and, and wipe out the little bollard. So then I could get, you can, and I, I, then I got really excited because you can get all these photos that you've had with, you know, groups of people and you can erase people out of the shot. So I started doing that too. So you can get rid of photo bombers and everything out of your shots. Yeah. Or, you know, just, you know, like when you just blank people out of your life. Not that I do, but, you know, some people blank people out of it. You can just erase (laughs) them out of the shot. You can still have the nice shot. Because back in the day, I used to throw out the photos, you know, but you don't have to do that anymore. Yeah. You don't have to do that anymore. You can just just blank them out of your shot and it's like they never existed. They like they never existed. (laughs) I've got a good hack for the cold, though, when you're out at night shooting. There are these little sachets that uh you buy and uh you open them up and the best ever best and you put a couple in your pocket and they take about half an hour to heat up like you shake them what is in them i don't know but you shake them and they just get really warm and you put them in your pockets and you can cope with the cold and you can you can actually put them in your shoes if you want to keep your feet warm or i just put them in my pockets and um they keep you warm so you can actually stay out in the elements and you you feel good if you you know got a, a few layers on the best invention ever yes or you could just dress appropriately which i did not so i really should have worn an overcoat um but instead i just wore sort of like a normal jacket thing uh but yes they the hot pockets are quite good um my partner used to have them because he used to take them to golf early in the morning when yeah. it's freezing yeah but anyway, if you are, if any listeners are around during Vivid, maybe you can all catch up and and have a meet up and do a photo walk together. I've already seen a couple of posts um, from some people uh, shouting out that they're going to do that. But have fun and and tag us so that we can see your Vivid photos because um, uh, they're probably better than mine because I'm not great at night photography. But it was really fun. It was really fun. Fantastic. And of course, and that, uh, no, no, you go on. Sorry, I was just going to say that app that you've got that uh, re- removes the photo bombers, uh, yes. you can actually also do that in Photoshop with your shots and just uh, pre-planning your shots uh, mm. when you're taking images and if you have uh, not so much for a, a bollard that's in your shot, but if you do <laughs> have photo bombers, people that walk past, when you're taking shots and say you've got, you're photographing someone and in the background there might be crowds walking past. If you do shoot to tripod, make sure that after you've taken your shot, you take a few extra frames Mm. um, with different, like to make sure that the people move through the shot. Then you can merge those images in Photoshop and actually remove all the people so you can get rid of photo bombers very easily. And for for my Goldies, there's actually uh, several tutorials which where I show you how to do that if, if you've planned ahead and I also go through how to do it if you haven't planned ahead and using the clone stamp, you can actually rebuild the background uh, fairly easily and remove 
remove uh, photo bombers or in your case, uh, the bollard or whatever the thing <laughs> that you attach a ship to? Is it a yeah. jetty, Val? No, it's this sticky <laughs> up thing. Like a, it's like a, a column. Go, yeah, yeah, that's quite <laughs> technical. But, uh, yeah, there are, there are lots of ways you can do it uh, other than using that app. You probably get a better result in Photoshop. <laughs> yes, of course. Um, and, of course, the goldies that Gina is referring to are the members of the gold community and they are so awesome if you'd like to find out more have a listen to this Hey guys, are you an enthusiast or pro photographer who wants to take their photography to the next level? I'd love the opportunity to work with you and I want to introduce you to my Gold Community. The Gold Community is an educational resource where members get access to photography courses and regular tutorials. There's over 200 tutorials with more being added each month. In these tutorials, I take you on set with me and I share my thought process behind scouting locations, posing and directing models, lighting and post-production, you get to see the entire shoot from start to finish, from surface in Sri Lanka using a single speed light to character portraits on the streets of Sicily using daylight or high-end studio shoots where I share all my posing and connecting hacks. There's also regular photo critiques, monthly live calls and heaps more. As a member, you'll also have access to my exclusive Facebook group and online forum where you'll be able to connect with other members from all over the world. So what are you waiting for? Join the Gold community today and start taking the kind of photos you've always dreamed of. You can check it out at ginamilitia.com. All right, now this week's topic, this is so cool. I love this topic. It's such an important one. And once you figure it out and you get it, oh, it's it really makes a huge difference to your photography. Now, some people get it really quickly and others, it takes a little bit more time. Um, one of the reasons that I, um, you know, learned to grasp it is because of Gina's explanations. And I think that this topic is awesome. I reckon this is one of those episodes that people are going to listen to again and again. And it is practically a, a a university degree in an episode. Well, not quite a university degree, but certainly a, a course in an episode. So this is going to be cool. It's all about a complete guide to focal length and how it affects focus and depth of field. Love mm. this. Once I understood this, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God, I'm getting it. Okay. So where do we start on this, Gina? Yeah, so we are. We're going to do a deep dive and this – this is a game changer. I know I've said this game about uh, this is a game changer because once you get this and uh, hopefully by the end of this episode, you will have a whole new respect to the lens that you select and how it affects your photography. But just knowing these uh, few simple facts that I'm going to share with you, you're going to be thinking ahead of time with your photography and really uh, pre-visualizing how you want it to look and knowing all these, how your lenses work and how they affect your model or whatever it is that you're photographing. Massive game changer, Val. So shall we dive in? Absolutely. Where do we start in when we dive in? All right. So we're talking focal length and 
as I said, the focal length that you choose to shoot in, it can be something completely random. Like it just feels right. So, you know, you might have a, um, a kit lens on your camera and, or you, or you've got a, 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 a zoom lens or like you might choose to shoot fixed focal length and you might think about it deliberately. So many photographers like have a preferred focal length that it just, it just feels right. You like the way your subjects look when you shoot at a particular focal length. So you notice, like I notice a lot that documentary shooters often prefer shooting in say around the focal length of 35 millimeters to 50 millimeters because it means when they're using that lens, you've got to, to fill the frame with the action if you're going to be putting people in there you've got to get right up close to the action you're right up in people's personal space and that the result of that is it makes the viewer of the image feel like they're they're in it they're they're in amongst the action because you're so close to it and then you'll get landscape and architecture photographers who prefer to shoot with a wide lens because when you shoot with a wide lens it gives that sense of uh, space to the location right and then you've got portrait photography which can be shot at any focal length. So you can see that like uh, a lot of people who are just shooting on their uh, camera phones, the the phones off their camera, the the cameras off their phones, uh, the focal length of that, I had to think that through, the (laughs) focal length is very wide and people are really enjoying how it makes their faces look because when you have a phone and you bring it up very close to your face, you've got a wide lens on those, uh, the, the cameras, and it will distort the face, right? And then there's other people that just love shooting portraits very wide and very close to the subject because it has uh, a way of distorting the facial features and it has a certain look. And then there's other photographers that like to shoot very long with a very long lens because it has a different look as well. So you can see and and the the focal length that you choose can be become part of your style and just as much as the subjects that you choose to shoot and the way that you post um, produce your images so all of these factors together uh, will influence your certain style as a photographer so um One thing I really want to talk about because there is a little bit of confusion out there uh, about how focal length affects the way that, uh, and I'm going to talk more about uh, portrait photography than I'll give some examples about landscape and architecture, but mostly about portrait photography because that's what I do and that's what I like to talk about. But you hear a lot of talk about how uh, focal length is going to influence the way a face looks. And we've talked about this on the show before, uh, the, yeah. the choice of focal length influences the face. And we've talked about something called lens compression. So if you're shooting someone with a wide lens and you're right up close, the face gets distorted. And as I said, when you're shooting on your iPhone uh, or your smartphone and you've got the camera right up close 
above someone's head, it's going to make the face appear narrower. And also when you're shooting with a wide lens, if you bring the camera right up close to the face, it it has uh, an effect. It, It makes the face appear narrower. And if you shoot on a long lens, it's going to make the face appear fuller. And I've shown, Mm -hmm. we've talked about this and I've shown those examples before and I've I've got some in the show notes as well. But it's worth worth noting that that focal length, that compression only happens when, uh, and the distortion is due to the proximity to the model. It's not something that happens with the lens. Uh, So, If you had, say, a subject standing in front of you and say you were five meters from your model and say you were shooting like my favorite travel lens is the 24 to 105 because it allows me to shoot wide and shoot long without having to move around a lot. So I've got an example, show notes, Val, where I've got a, a rice farmer. Yep. in Bali and I'm standing five meters away from him and I'm shooting on a at, at 24 millimeters and you can see that he is uh, taking up maybe about a tenth of the frame and you can see like uh, up to his knees uh, and I've cropped in and then you've got the rice fields behind him right and there he is and then I haven't moved the camera but I've so zoomed the, in um- for, if for anyone who's listening, and if you're new to this podcast, the show notes where you can see all of these images are at GinaMilitia.com. That's M-I-L-I-C-I-A. And if you, you know, it, it would be great if you can follow along, if you wanted to check out the images. So, yeah, have a look at the show notes. All right. Sorry, Jane. Okay. Uh, so... The second image that I've taken, Val, is I'm standing in the same position. I haven't changed anything. The farmer's in the same spot. All I've done mm-hmm. is zoom in to 105 yep. and fill the frame with his face, right? And yep. so you can see tight on his face. Now, if we use the example of how the focal length distorts the features, the, the two uh, images should be uh, drastically different. The wider lens should have that effect where his face looks distorted and a lot mm-hmm. narrower and the longer lens should make his face appear fuller, which are all the examples. But it's not the case because the the way that focal length works is if you are back uh, a certain distance and like in this example, five meters, if I take these two images mm-hmm. and I crop in on the wider shot, the 24 millimeter shot, and I crop into the same crop yep. as the 105 and I overlay them, which I've done that in the show yes, notes to show you. see that. Exactly the same. The only difference is because yeah. I was handheld, mm. uh, the the angle is slightly different. I'm slightly, I was slightly lower down when I shot the um, 24 millimeter and a little bit higher up when I shot the 105. But I, I cropped into the same crop and I've overlaid the two images and you can see there is no difference yep. in how the face looks. See that? Yep. And this so is genius. really so, yeah. So, yeah, Gina's overlaid one image over the other and where you expect that there would be the um, um, some compression, there, there isn't. They're the same image. They're just the same image. 
So this is really important to remember when you're shooting, uh, you, you say you're uh, shooting an event or a group shot and you have that uh, 24 to 105 or something around that. If you don't want to have any compression or distortion in your image, it just all you need to do is step back and yeah. your image is going to look the same. Now, cool. where it does influence the way the lens looks is to do with a focus. So you'll see that where I've shot and the settings are the same in both images, okay? Yes. But where the image, where I've got the longer focal length, length, you can see that the background starts to fall out of focus. Yes. Whereas when I've shot at 24 millimeters, the yep. background is sharp all the way through. So there is a difference difference in how the lenses focus on a longer focal length as compared to when you're shooting wide. That's also a really important fact to remember. So you can see that um, the difference between shooting wide or long, what's your preference, Val? Are you wide? Do you prefer wide or long, length or width? What's your preference? Really? Long, yes. Me too, yes. Um, Because, you know, I love the whole depth of field effect. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, and I, and if I go through all my images over the, it like, and it's probably a good exercise to do because it'll tell you, you'll have a preference. And I, mm. I think my favorite focal length is somewhere around the 105. I tend to gravitate towards that 105 to 150, I would say. But basically the main difference between shooting wide on a wider focal length. And so when I say wide, I'm talking about 35 millimeter, a focal length of 35 and under and shooting long. And when I say long, I'm talking about say 70 or over is the difference is the reach. So by reach, and you can see that it's, it's uh, a clear example. If I stand five meters from my model at 24 millimeters, I'm getting my model from, uh, you know, the top of his head to his knees. And I'm also getting the sky and a lot of background uh, compared to when I'm shooting at 105, I'm filling the frame with his head. So the, the reach that the lens shows gets you a lot closer when you're shooting on a longer focal length. Mm. The other difference between shooting wide and long is the field of view. So by field of view, how much you can see in the background depending on the type of lens you use. And finally, the difference is focus. So let's – I said this is going to be a deep dive, so I'm going yes. to – get into all of these and (laughs) I'm telling you this is a game changer and when you know all of this you will be able to confidently do uh, group shots um, working on you know events and things like that because you're going to know like I said information is power knowing how your lenses work and I'm going to explain this in a non-techie way (laughs) but it's good to know because Knowing how your lenses work, it gives you that confidence to be able to achieve the shots you want. So well, I've shown you that overlay that when you're at a certain distance and you're back from your subject, it doesn't affect the way your model's face appears. Where that changes is 
due to the proximity to your model. So once you start getting close and you want to fill the frame, so we talk about like what, what if your uh, shots aren't good enough, move closer. But when yep. you start moving closer, that's when the lens that you choose will start to distort the features of your model or whatever it is you're shooting. So I've got some examples again in the show notes and that show how focal length when you're very close to your subject how that influences how your model looks and I've got um, an example that shows that a wider focal length anything less than 35 millimeters at a close Mm -hmm. proximity does distort the face so you can see I've got uh, a model there and I'm shooting at 24 millimeters and I'm filling the frame so it's head and shoulders in the shot and I've pushed in tight and you can see uh, the distortion his face appears long narrow and his nose seems wider so uh This is one of the reasons why for me personally, when I shoot anyone, when I shoot a portrait of someone, I prefer not to shoot on a wider focal length because I personally don't like the way it distorts the face Mm. but a lot of people do and they and and that's part of their look they love the way what it does to the face I prefer uh looking at my models to uh look a bit more natural now uh Mm. under that you'll see that at the uh like a same similar distance so fairly close to the model when you shoot at 50 millimeters uh a focal length of 50 millimeter that's where someone looks probably the most authentic and that's why 50 a 50 millimeter lens is probably the preferred lens of uh jan at the passport office or the, <laughs> yes the because it's accurate license. okay that's what you look like and <laughs> like good or bad most people don't like what they look like in their driver's license or their yes, passport that's so, right but sucked in that's what you look like so um and then the reason why the two uh, like a longer focal length is one of the preferred um lenses of say fashion and portrait photographers is it does have a, a more flattering look to the face so what it does is when you push in uh, at close proximity on a longer lens it has an effect where it, it kind of gives the appearance where it flattens the facial features and you can see that if someone's got a larger or more prominent nose it's going to flatten that out and it also gives the face when you're tied in a fuller look Okay, so you can right. see that on a longer lens at 200 millimeters, when you compare that directly with, say, um, filling the frame at the same sort of dimensions, head and shoulders between 24 millimeters, the face appears narrow and distorted. And to me, it's kind of cartoonish in the look mm. and uh, compared to uh, what someone looks like at uh, a longer focal length. So I personally, for those reasons, if I want to come in and I'm shooting um, in a, a, a tight space, so often you've got the location in mind, but you don't always have the luxury of being able to step back 20 metres to photograph your model on a long lens. Yeah. Uh, you might need to push in quite tight. Uh, remember that how that affects your models and just remembering what we talked about um, before with the earlier examples of my rice farmer, if you only have 
a wide lens and you don't want to distort the features of your model's face, just step back, step away from them a little bit and you might have to crop in to get that shot, but it's not going to distort the features. So just take a step back and that's going to give you uh, a more accurate uh, look to your uh, model's face. If you want to distort the face and you want to go for that sort of more dramatic, uh, more pronounced features, move in closer, fill the frame and you'll start to see that distortion. And that also applies to working with um, shots of architecture. If you notice that your um, verticals are starting to bow out and uh, be distorted by that lens, step back and that you're going to find that um, as you move the camera back, you're going to get less distortion. Mm. Okay. Yep, that makes sense. No, and and also, and and yeah, have a look at the uh, images of this young man in the show notes, and you'll see um, that it's exactly as Gina has described. All right. So the other thing that you want to know is um, that other than knowing how the wider or focal length is going to impact on the physical appearance of your model. Um, it's the other thing that the lens choice is going to determine is something called the field of view, which is what you see in the background, depending on the lens that you choose. Now I've got my, uh, colored crayons out for this one, Val, and I've done some overlays that really do um, show you exactly what you see and the difference between uh, using the different focal lengths. And this is important because there are some images where you – want to shoot someone in the environment and you want to show off the background. It's important. So you might have, uh, be, be, say I'm photographing you, Val, in your mm-hmm. studio and it's important mm-hmm. that I want to show you uh, the background in that environment and show off the background, show off all your beautifully organised uh, <laughs> pots of paint that are going from, you know, all the blues across to, you know, the whole colour spectrum which will be organised in rainbow colours, you know, every single different hue organised and you're not allowed to move anything. All your brushes will be lined up and we'll want to show off the paintings in the background and everything. Now, what lens would I choose to do that? So if you want to photograph someone and it's important, the background is an important part of the shot, then you probably want to be working with a wider focal length. And so you can see I've got a number of examples where I've got the same setup shot from a bird's eye view and you can see uh, the overlay that shows how the focal length will impact on how much the field of view that you can see in each image. So at a focal length of 24 millimeters, you get a wide field of view. So you'll see the entire room behind your model. As you narrow your focal length, your focal length becomes longer, your field of view becomes narrower. So the difference between shooting at a focal length of 24 millimeters, you can see the entire room, to shooting at a focal length of 200 millimeters, you'll only get a, uh, a small section of the room because the field of view, what the lens sees, is much narrower. Yes. Okay. okay? Yes. Now, this is really important to know because it affects how – 
you see your locations. Now, when you're working Mm. with clients who perhaps haven't done a lot of photography, they will always be thinking in terms of field of view of a wider lens because they're probably used to working with shorter focal lengths or they're used to uh, looking at the world through their um, phone camera, right? So they'll Mm -hmm. see the entire room. And I will go into a room and scout locations based on what my 200 millimeter lens will see. And I'm always just looking for certain little sections. And uh, we've got a shoot anywhere course that's coming out soon where I talk about this a lot, the field of view of the lens. And don't be hung up on finding locations where if the entire room looks amazing, when you're shooting long, all you need is a small section of the room to look good and the, the, the section directly behind your model to look good. So that means that if you're scouting locations, you can find, you can shoot someone in an alleyway. There might be garbage bins either side graffiti rubbish everywhere but the section the small section directly behind your model actually could be could have a nice mural there it could have some nice brickwork that's all you need to see because that's all your lens will see and often I'll there's been so many occasions where I've gone to shown the client the location this is where I'm going to shoot and it might be the back of a you know a, a Walmart or something in the car park and you, the, you've got the all the the wheelie bins there in the shot and there's you know there might be um rubbish on the ground and that they're looking and and like advertising on the walls and the client's going um here and I'm like yeah here we're going to shoot here and then I'll take a shot show them the back of the camera and they'll go oh it's just that section I'm like yes because we're shooting long narrow field of view that's a really important thing Basically, when Gina walks into a new location, she's looking around, but she's creating a really a small kind of circle with her hand. So she's, you know, putting her fingers kind of onto her thumb, creating a small circle and putting it up to her eye, you know, as if she's looking through a loop or a telescope or something. And that's how she's seeing the small section that she's going to be shooting the person in front of. Yeah. And so I've got the, the, so there's those examples, the overhead view. And just to make that really clear, there's a, uh, some room shots uh, as well that show that, that same thing. So again, for the headshot course that we're also working on, Val, we had a mm-hmm. location where, uh, that was a, uh, a shared working space that we shot oh, in yeah, and co-working space. And, a co-working space. And uh, when we first went up, I had a look and it's quite overwhelming. And I said that to you, I said, Valerie, this space is overwhelming. <laughs> I think I had a little spat at some point, didn't I? Yes, We're did. funny when we worked together. There was quite you a few a spats. I've been, yes. I've been editing the, uh, the, the video and the, <laughs> some, we, we should make a, uh, a collection of uh, Gina and the Val spats. spats. Yeah. yeah, the spats. It's <laughs> <laughs> very funny. Um, but but you can see that I've uh, photographed uh, the Paula model there in the space mm-hmm. with a focal length of 24 millimeters, and you can see that his whole body is in the shot. The entire room and all its glory and all the lights and all the bits and pieces and the coffee machine and the fridge and the chairs, everything, yep. it's overwhelming. It's too yep. much. So 
someone with um, maybe less experience would look at that and go, oh, my God, it's too much. It's not ideal for portraits. But if you take that same location and you shoot with a focal length of 200, narrow the field of view, suddenly, oh, (laughs) you've got this location that is beautiful because I've just Mm. focused on a small section of the room using my long lens and I don't see like three quarters of the most of the room is gone. It's just that small section directly behind my model. And, um, Sorry to harp on about the show notes, but I think for this one, it is worth looking at the show notes because it just makes uh, so much sense. Like when I you said, see it's like a uni degree in an episode. It really, it's great. It is, yeah. So um, huge difference. So that's an important thing to remember when you're thinking about what focal length you're using, your field of view. How much do you want to see? So if you're really focusing on doing that character portrait or environmental portrait where the background matters, it it, it matters in setting up the story and telling um, a lot more about your subject. And uh, like as an example, when I'm shooting location where I might be overseas and I'm doing my character portraits, I will shoot wider because I want to show the environment. I want to show, you know, the guy on the streets of Cuba or the the farmer in the, you know, in the rice fields in Bali or the the guy in India. I want to show off all of that background and include that in the shot. But if I'm doing, say, a headshot for someone, I don't need to set up and establish where he is doesn't matter it's too much information so that's when I will shoot long and uh, get rid of all that extra information which just overwhelms the viewer yeah totally wow all right so then what's next all right the other advantage of shooting long as opposed to wide is because you have that very uh, narrow angle of view, it means that, and I learnt this from trial and error, not by knowing the science in lenses, but like I spent many, many years uh, uh, working for uh, a lot of TV shows where I would get called out and shoot in the green room to do all the covers and um, promotional photography for these uh, shows, right? And yes. often they didn't it'd be between takes basically. So they'd get, you know, stars off the set and the only place they had would be the green room. And a green room is usually about the size of an average lounge room. They're tiny. No, they're even smaller. Some of them are even smaller. Yeah. So they're tiny. And, uh, Mm. I, I would set up a – it would be just enough space in width for me to have my roll paper, so which is three metres wide, and mm-hmm. I'd set that up in the room and I'd have that in the furthest um, – the but the back wall of the room, and then often they've got uh, couches and a coffee table. I'd move mm-hmm. the two couches a, a, across to the side and often they'd yeah. be sort of edging into my set as well hmm. and get the coffee table out. And then – if I was just to shoot in the green room, often uh, I, I wouldn't be able to use uh, my preferred lens, which was the 70 to 200. And if I was just 
keeping it in that room, I'd have to shoot at something like 50, which I never like. So going because, going back to the field of view, at 50 millimetres, I'm not only am I seeing um, the entire set, but I'm also the field of view at 50 millimetres is giving me the roof and the floor and the walls on the side of that room. It's seeing too much. And so, and, and I just never liked that because I'm wasting pixels, Val. Because yeah. I've got this very loose shot. I want a shot where I'm um, being able to zoom in and just fill the frame with my white backdrop, okay, and I want to mm-hmm. focus on the person that I'm photographing. So I worked out that if I use the long lens, narrower field of view, I could actually just shoot through the doorway of the green room. So I would be in the corridor shooting into the doorway onto the set, and you would mm-hmm. think if I had a slightly wider lens, I would get the uh, edges of the door frame in the shot as well. But when you're shooting with a long lens, narrow field of view, it means that you can shoot through very narrow doorways and still right. and fill the frame and get your shot. So that's another advantage of using the longer lens. It allows yes. you to shoot in these tiny locations. And so when I'm scouting locations and I know, okay, I can work in this space, I know that, well, if I want to, I can always open the door and shoot through the doorway with a long lens and I'm not going to get that the doorway in the edge of frame. I'm going to be able to shoot through because it's just a, a small um, uh, section that I'm being able mm. to focus and it's such a simple thing when you're thinking about it. You're just you're you're shooting through the doorway because you want more runway. You want more space yes. between you yes. and the subject. And uh, so many people don't think of it, but it's actually quite an easy thing to do. To yeah. and so yeah, encourage people to think about that if if you find that you're a bit closer than you want to be. The other thing that. Um, I think that Gina does really well is she has no qualms at all about moving furniture. And, of course, I completely understand that sometimes you can't move the furniture because of some reason. But in many cases, I've worked with heaps of photographers and I would say it's 60-40, I think, or 50-50. Some have no qualms moving the furniture, others do not they'll they'll move like you know the easy to move furniture but they Mm. never move the chair they'll move like a a a side table but they never move the chair they certainly don't move a sofa drives me bonkers and i'll just say them why don't we just move this we'll get a bad angle and they say oh yeah no we can't and i went you mean like this and i'll just move it (laughs) and it's like you know it was it took not even one second to move, why didn't you move it? So if if you are able to move the furniture, like it's not illegal or something, just yeah. pick it up and move it. You'll get a much better shot. I mean, that I learned from Gina and that I insist with, with other photographers when I know then they're not getting the ideal angle just because they're too lazy to move the furniture. And anyway, just my little can- rant. No, no, that's that's cool. But you can do your client a, a big favor as well. Like often, um, you'll say, "Oh, I just need the background cleared," and they'll come in and they'll clear the entire room and they'll move stuff out that wasn't even in frame. So it's a good idea that if you've got your camera set up, you just go take a shot and say, "Okay, I just need." 
this stuff moved and they're like, oh. And you show them, they go, oh, so that couch isn't in the frame. No, it's not in frame. That's not in frame Mm. either. You don't need to empty the whole space. Just that small, very narrow section that I can see uh, from my camera here. So that that that's a, a good tip to know, and it 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 just it triples the amount of locations that yeah. you have just by knowing this really simple little hack. Awesome. Okay. Cool. What's next? All right. So. Now let's talk about how uh, the focal length and depth of field are affected by the the focal length affects the depth of field, so your focus, and it it, it is a big deal. And this probably, the the other two things that I talked about, big game changers, bigger game changer now, (laughs) Val. So um, And so when we talk about uh, depth of field, so a shallow depth of field is used when you want to isolate your figure from the background. So you want to throw the background out of focus, you're going to use a shallower depth of field. And so in terms of f-stop, you you want to have a smaller number. So less images in the frame are in focus. All right. A large depth of field is you choose a larger depth of field when it's important that every part of the image is in focus. So mm-hmm. um, that might be the case if you're doing product photography. So you might have uh, 17 bottles of shampoo and conditioner that you're photographing and it's important to the client that the uh, the product at the very front is absolutely sharp and you can see the label and everything as well as the folk, the the product directly at the back of the group is also in focus. So you want to have a a larger depth of field, which means that your f-stop would be a higher number, more items of the frame are in focus. Okay. So I did my Gina explanation the other day. My partner and I were at a beach, well, like a inland beach thing, Um, and there were some seagulls in the foreground and then it was the water and then there were lots of boats in the background, you know, like sailing boats. So my partner and I were discussing depth of field and I said, well, Gina says, so if you can imagine (laughs) there's seagulls in the back in the foreground and then the lots of sailing boats in the background i said well this gina would say this so um uh if you're only if you only want to have um uh say the seagulls in shot you know and and not the rest then you you have that means there are fewer things in focus then you would have a lower aperture so a lower f-stop but if you yep. want to have many things in focus, such as the seagulls and the boats, all of the boats in the background, which are quite far away, then that's many things in focus. So you would have a higher you would um, aperture. So if you imagine yep. if it's a lower aperture, if, if your aperture was, you know, um, 2.8, you might only have 2.8 things in focus. If your yeah. aperture was 22, you might have 22 things in focus, the foreground and the background. And he went, that's a great explanation. <laughs> oh, there you go. It's good and to hear. And that's a good way to remember it because it is kind yes. of counterintuitive the way that they've uh, worked it out. So, um, yeah, that's a, a really good way to remember it. So you've – but the, the I, thing I just is, Val, add, though, I just want to yeah. add, though, that that is a really uh, – yeah, a really good way to remember it and it really works well 
for him, for example. But some listeners, you might just get, you might just get it without that explanation. And if so, um, that's fine because you might just get instinctively how it works. And and that's fine. You don't have to think of those sorts of explanations then. Yeah. So the the um, lens that you choose and the way the lens works is also going to impact how it focuses. I'm not going to go into the mechanics of how the lens works because it's not necessary for this explanation, but it's really important to uh, know this sort of stuff because it's going to help you work out what uh, lens, what focal length to use, and also um, where to stand and what aperture to use if you want certain elements of your image in focus or not. Because where you stand, the focal length that you use is also going to impact on how the actual lens focus and the, and how much of the shot is in focus, regardless of the aperture valve. So, mm-hmm. again some more diagrams that I think really uh, explain this at a glance very easily that you can see. So let's say you've got a lens, an 85 millimeter lens on your camera, right? And you've got a guy and you are five meters from your model with your camera. Now, if you shoot at F2.8 and you take another shot at F8, and the third shot at f22 the at, at 5 meters from your model the amount of area that you've got in focus is going to vary so yes. at f2.8 focusing on your model's face you've got a um, certain amount of the image is in focus. So the actual point of focus that you've, the, 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 the face or the eyes of your model are in focus. Part of the front of your model is in focus. And interestingly enough, the way the lens works is the beyond your point of focus, there is more area in focus than in front of your model. Now you think that you mean if behind. you focused on yeah, so if you focused on a model, the yeah. area behind where so it gradually starts to go out of focus, right? And but the, you, there's a sweet spot. There's an area that's in focus uh, when you shoot at f two point eight. So it's a, a smaller area in focus. But how the lens works is you you'll have um, it'll still be sharp if your model sort of um, takes a step forward, but your model can also take two steps back and it'll right. still be in focus. So the way the lens works is mm-hmm. it's about a third of the way um, a, a third in front of your model is also going to be in focus, yep. and roughly two thirds behind your model is going to be in focus. It's not in the middle. Does that make sense? Yes, makes sense. Get it. Mm. And this is so good to know because let's say you had your model and you wanted to put someone, another person in the shot, you know where to focus because you know that you've got more space, more of the image will be in focus behind Mm. rather than in front. And you can see that if we shoot at f8, using that same 85 millimeter lens at five meters from your model at F8, you've got a greater amount of area 
behind your model than you did at f2.8. There is more of the image is in focus because you're photographing your image at a narrower aperture. The hole that you're shooting through is smaller. f8, more of the image is in focus. But again, it's the same pattern. You will have the yes. front third is in focus and the back two-thirds over a larger area, right? So does that mean, for example, if you had a group of people and there were four rows, yep. you would focus on the second someone in the second yes. row? Yes, and I've got a diagram <laughs> for that and you ah. – yes. So, yeah, and – and at F22, you've pretty much uh, at at five meters from your model, again, you've got the same scenario, but you've got a greater distance to focus in. So you can focus on your model and you know that, um, you know, from for a fair way behind the model, it's going to be sharp and not quite as much in front of the model. So a third to two thirds is the ratio roughly. Don't Quote me on that. I'm just using sort of rough figures, but just know that you're going to have more the way the lens focus, more of the area directly behind your model rather than in front. Okay. Does that make sense? So that's a makes sort of a, fi a fixed uh, scenario using an 85 mil lens. Now, cool. what happens um, when we use different focal lengths using that same five meter rule. So we're shooting in the next setup. I've got a model that we've got. The camera is five meters from the model and I'm shooting at F8, but this time I'm using different focal lengths. So I've got my model in the same spot, five meters from the camera mm -hmm. on a 35 mil lens shooting at F8. Mm. And I've got my model at um, five meters from the camera shooting at F8 using a 70 mil lens. And then yeah. I've got my model five meters from the camera shooting at F8 using a 200 millimeter lens. Here's yeah. where it gets interesting. The okay. longer the focal length, then yes. the smaller the area you have to focus. So when you're shooting on a wider focal length, anything under 35, you have far greater uh, latitude with your depth of field. Your image is going to be a lot sharper for a greater area just because of the way that uh, the wider lenses focus. So if you've got a person and you're shooting them with a 35mm lens at f8, you've got a fair amount of latitude to focus. So you could focus anywhere. You could have a dog running in front of the shot and focus mm. on the dog instead of your person. Your shot will still be in focus. So it's a when you're shooting wider lenses with a wider um, focal length, you pretty much can't go wrong if you're sort of shooting at around 5.6 f8. You, you won't get your shot out of focus, right? As you start to get longer in your focal length, your area of focus becomes narrower even when you're shooting at higher f-stops. So you would think that like, you know, shooting at f8, it should be sharp all the way through. But when you're using something like a very long uh focal length of say 200 at mm. f8 your uh, area of focus is very very narrow and so you can get yourself into trouble you think f8 is going to be enough but you'll actually throw your background out of focus at f8 using a long lens 
And so it's something that you need to be aware of and careful of because you might have uh, a scenario where you've on a 200 millimeter lens, you're thinking that F8 is going to cover you and you might have someone further back in the shot that you also want to be in focus, but because you're using that longer focal length at F8, you have a very narrow area of focus compared to when you're shooting on a 35 mil lens that gives you much more latitude. So that's Mm. important to remember because knowing that you can shoot at a long, with a longer focal length, you can have a, uh, a higher aperture, narrower aperture like F8 and still throw your background out of focus. And it's probably the reason why a lot of photographers get so frustrated when they're shooting at with shorter focal lengths and trying to get that beautiful bokeh look to their images because no matter what you do at 35, if you're back from your subject, it's always going to be sharp. Okay. So that's an important thing to remember. So if you, if you're shooting in a scenario where you know you need to nail the shot, you've got a lot of things, you want everything in focus, then go with a shorter focal length. It's going to be a lot safer. As you get to the longer focal lengths, you've got to be a lot more careful and make sure that you nail your focus. So I think if you're a beginner starting out and focus issues are always a big deal when you're starting out, then stick with the shorter focal length because you're going to find that you nail the focus a lot easier because you've got that a lot more latitude. It gives it's a kinder lens to start off with, and then as you feel like you're nailing your focus uh, and you get better at moving your focus points around, you can then go to the longer focal lengths and know because you've got that that far less uh, latitude in the in the area of focus. Mm, cool. Okay, right. that makes sense. So, yes. Okay, so let's uh, bring it all together and have a look at what happens and the difference in uh, using that same 85mm lens and what happens when you move your distance to the model and how that changes the amount of focus. So I've got an 85mm lens. I'm still shooting at f8, but now I've changed how close I am to the model. So in the first uh, instance, I am one meter. My camera is one meter from the model on an 85 millimeter lens at F8. And you can see that I've got a very uh, narrow area of focus because I'm very close to the model. And so you will get, if you um, the, the background will go out of focus a lot faster as you move your lens closer to the model. When I move my model back to five meters from the camera, I've got a much greater area. The, the depth of field is a, a lot greater. There's more latitude in the focus area. And as I move my model back to 20 meters from the camera, that area becomes greater again. But remember that, that, that the, the idea with the focus where the front of the, the, in front of the model, there is less of the area in focus than behind. So it's still that one third, two thirds ratio, but it yeah. radically changes by how much, how close your camera is to your model. This is important to remember because when you're shooting group shots and it's and and it's important that you get everyone in focus and even if it's like uh couples or three shots 
to if you want to make sure that you nail that shot, you might want to step back a little bit. That's going to give you more depth, more area of focus in your image. It, does that make sense, Val? Oh, I'm I'm now just looking at the so, diagrams. Yes, and I'm I'm understanding you up until this point. <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> how close you are to your yes. model with your camera also has an impact on how much of the image is in focus. It affects mm -hmm. the way the lens focuses. So as you get closer to your model, the area of focus actually becomes less because the, the lens has to work harder to focus on that subject. And so you're going to find that the uh, dro the drop-off, you, you lose focus a lot more rapid than if you move back from your subject, right. you're going to have right. greater area of focus. So if you're, if you're all about safety and you don't want um, to miss the shot, then step back. Again, it's always safer to step back and you're going to have a Got greater it. amount of area that's in focus. Why this is important is a lot of New photographers, again, starting out with their portraits, why can't I get my background out of focus? Why can't I get that beautiful bokeh? And the way, like the, the trick is get closer to your model. And the closer you get to your model, you're filling the frame, you're, it's going to shorten the um the the amount of focus the area that's in focus you, your your subject is going the background is going to throw out of go out of focus a lot faster oh. than than when you step back right okay, so because if, a lot of people kind of think actually step back and use a longer lens and that might achieve that result so that is interesting yeah and so oh. if you are yeah so you can do it with a longer lens, but also when you want a longer lens and you really want to sh throw your background out of focus, then get closer to your model so that the area between yeah. the lens and your model is a lot shorter. It means that you're going to throw your background out of focus even more right. than if you, you stepped back. How did I not know this before? <laughs> There you this go, is game great, changer, Val. Yes, yeah, so just step in closer to the model. So this is the one that 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 little one piece of information is also going to be a game changer. So if you're wanting those beautiful, and so this is important I, for people. I've always who, just relied relied on the longer lens, and I haven't even yeah. thought about this before. So you can do it with a shorter lens and you can do it with a kit lens and, Val, you can do it with a phone camera as well. So it's all about proximity to yep. your subject. So yep. – I can I back in the show that we did on Boca. Uh, I there are examples in the show notes of that where I use my iPhone and I had uh, a little car that I photographed and I got right up close to the car. Used and it's like a fourteen millimeter lens, I think, on the iPhone, right up close. And I had my background. I think had some fairy lights behind my model. Threw them out of focus. Got the bokeh using. Uh, the iPhone lens as well. And so you can do it with a, a shorter lens using this little hack. Get right up close to your model and it's going to give you that, that shorter area of focus. Cool, cool. I'm okay. going to do that with so, my cats. 
there you go. You'll you, yeah, moving close and you'll be able to do it. So where this is particularly important is when and and we touched on this earlier when you're shooting group shots. So let's say you've got your 70 to 200 uh, lens and you've got a group of say 15 to 20 people that you want to photograph. So if you're photographing and you want to shoot that long lens because you've chosen a long lens because you just want a very narrow field of view, you don't want to get the entire room in the shot, you don't want to see the roof, you don't want to see the walls or you're shooting them in a an alleyway and there's bins in the way, you just want to have that narrow angle of view you want to have that short the longer lens large group and you've got them all arranged so you've got them staggered uh four deep as you shot you want to focus if you focus on the person in front the focus is probably going to start falling off by the third row and you'll find that the fourth row are going to start to be out of focus. They're not going to be as sharp as the people in the second row uh, or the first row, okay, that you focused on. So a, a smarter way to do it when you've got, say, four deep is to photograph the second row. Focus on the second row of people. Clever. And then and then we so know many people that don't the, think of that. No, and they just automatically will focus on the first person. And But we mm. know now that the way the lens focuses is roughly a third of the way in forward will be in focus yep. and roughly two-thirds two of the way back, back will be in focus. So focus one-third of the way in and you'll find that you get your entire group in focus. And if you want to cover yourself even more, step back a little bit further because we know from the example above that I gave you, the further back you are uh, from your models, Mm. the greater the area will be in focus. So so just play it safe and step back. And I would just like to say that I am very proud of myself that I thought of that example. I did not even see Gina's show notes. Well done. And so there's an, another example underneath where I show that if you focus on the person in the front, you will start to notice that the person, the people in the back row and maybe even the third row are going to start to fall out of focus. So you cover yep. yourself by um, shooting a, a third, focusing a third of the way in, and that's going to help a lot with all your focusing. So if you apply all these techniques uh, to your photography, knowing what you want to see in the background, field of view, how much of the background is important to you. Also, how much of the focus in the shot is important to you. You think about how the lenses focus and also um, what we talked about at the start of the show, how you want your face to look. If that distortion, that distorted sort of wide angle look, and it, it is a cool look and I've seen it done beautifully by people who t- take portraits and it is a particular look and you want to achieve that look, then you move in closer. You fill the frame using a wider lens. If you want a more natural look, then you want to go with a, a like a, a shorter focal length of say around 50 will give you a more natural look. And uh, as you push in, you get that longer look, you'll get that fuller face. If you don't want to have that distortion at all, then step back. So as a safety, the further back you are from your models, it's going to give you a more natural shot. It's also going to give you uh, more areas of your image 
will be in focus. If you're a newbie, I think the best bet is to start with working with shorter lenses. Get that 50 mil lens and get the hang of that and get get the hang of your focus and uh, you'll be golden. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, that's like I said, guys, this With is a masterclass. In an episode. Yeah, it's a masterclass is in an episode. And I reckon this will be something that uh, you'll refer to again and again, along with the show notes, which you can find at GinaMilitia.com. So that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Gina, what are you going to be up to? So I'm working on some stuff for the Goldies at the moment on merging, uh, using uh, combined lighting when doing group shots and I've also got another one on uh, lighting using uh, a window as a background and throwing it out of focus and making it look like a studio and then I've got a couple of shoots on as well. I'm about to make uh, some bolognese for dinner. What about you, Val? (laughs) I'm going to be having pumpkin soup for dinner and I need to just um, pack away some paints that I was using today before they dry. Are you going to clean for the declutterer? Uh, No, because that's in the garage, so she won't see that anyway, so she won't yell at me. It's okay. Yeah, okay. Okay, cool. (laughs) All right, where do we find you online, Gina? So GinaMilitia.com, all social media at GinaMilitia. I think I'm mostly on Instagram and Twitter and in the Facebook community. And also I want to thank everyone who uh, writes back to me regarding my newsletter. I um, I really enjoy hearing from you. So thanks for that. And if I haven't gotten back to you, um, hopefully I will soon. So yeah, thanks for that. And also if you're thinking like the, all of this that I've just explained, this is an in-depth video that I share in the goal community, lots of diagrams. I go into great detail when I explain stuff. So if you are thinking about taking your photography to the next level, then you might want to consider uh, joining me in the goal community. What about you, Val? Um, I am going to be, what am I doing this week? Filming some videos actually and um, for um, some courses and what am I going to be doing? Oh, just a lot of catching up and networking with people and, and, and stuff like that. Busy. And Excellent. I will be going to actually um, uh, because I've been talking to a fine art photographer and it's just so I've been to her setup it's really really interesting so I'll be going back there later this week and it's it's just it's interesting how it's all set up how they um shoot art um the equipment they use to shoot it and the all the things that they need to um be aware of when when they're shooting when they're shooting art yeah so, That's a good uh, good episode. We should do a whole episode on how to photograph yeah, so I'll, art. I'll We've see covered how, that yet. Suss um, it out. I'll have some stuff to report back on. And you can find me online at ValerieKoo.com, but also at ValerieKoo on Instagram. That's K-H-O-O. And make sure you connect with us on Facebook. Just search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community and request to join. We'd love to have you in there. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. 
For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit GinaMalaysia.com.